No, truly, like we were talking this morning just about how pastor is ministering yesterday and on Sunday just about obedience being what's so vital. Yeah. Yesterday, pastor was talking about removing biases and just flowing with the Lord, being led in him. And so often in our day-to-day lives, like it's easy to amen stuff like that. It's easy to agree with stuff like that. And then when when we're in the middle, like honestly, right now in this situation, we're live on the broadcast. We had an idea of what we're talking about, but truly God like didn't super settle in us a hundred percent, the direction he's taking. We need to hear his voice on a move to take next people who are waiting for jobs, you know, who God's given, God's given vision for direction to take, but you're trying to understand which way that is. There's so many different scenarios in life where we need to know a next move. Mm. We need to know how to handle something. And a lot of times we can amen with the theory of it's important to be led and it's important to flow. But then when push comes to shove and you get in the moment, a lot of times our reaction has been, I'm going to do everything or I'm just going to throw it all out there and see, like I'm going to cast every single fishing line and see which one gets a bite on it. And whichever one gets the first bite, that must be God. And that's not how he works. Like that's not how he flows. So even in this, if Buddy and I had come in fully prepared with a full sermon, just because we had a full sermon outline doesn't mean that's God. Mm -hmm. That could have just been our mind concocting something to make us feel comfortable. Just because it's the first bite on a fishing line doesn't mean that that's the intended Mm -hmm. harvest that we're to have. That could be a tiny little sucker and we're supposed to get a massive shark or something on another line. But it's God's not a trial and error God. God is specific and there is a flow. God has one flow. He has one river for us all to flow down. And though we each may have different avenues, different channels of the river that we end up going, like specific paths to take, he has an intended start and finish for Mm -hmm. each of us. And we don't have to be trial and error and we don't have to overthink it. We don't have to get in fear on it. Mm -hmm. Like if, if Buddy and I were fearful of what to do on this word right now, we would continue laughing and, and chatting that way. And the broadcast would have absolute zero spiritual merit Mm -hmm. in it because it would have just been fear and the desire to just keep doing what's comfortable, mm-hmm. laughing and talking about vomit apparently is what's comfortable today. <laughs> or, or, or the like the opposite of fear is we're talking about staying focused. So I need to make sure that I get all my points across and I need to make sure it goes in this very specific 100%. way. Like, 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 sorry, you were in a, no. um, but there was, um, like this has kept coming up to me, but, um, for most of us watching today, We've grown up in a society that's taught us to operate and to live purely by our soul. Yeah. Um, purely by, and there's like kind of two, two different um, opposing ends of that. Um, either you operate purely by your soul in a logical, reasoning, mental perspective or in an emotional perspective, right? I do whatever I feel like doing. That's the emotional side. I do what makes sense. That's yeah. the logical side. Both of those are wrong. The, you know, the Bible says we walk by faith. Mm-hmm. In what God has told us to do. We want to, the, the Bible says that those who, who are led by the spirit of God, and that's what we're talking about by yeah. the flow, not those who are led by what makes sense logically and not those who are led by how they feel in yeah. the moment. 
It's those who are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. And we want to be children of God. We yeah. want to be sons of God, which means we have to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit, how to, how to be led by the Holy Spirit and how to let the Holy Spirit flow us and guide us in whatever we want to do. Yeah. Because like my ditch had been, uh, you know, my default in the past had been more on the, I got to do what's logical and what makes sense and what's sure. reasonable. So like, so I would like, let's say, buddy, several years ago, hops on this broadcast on how to stay focused. I'm like, all right, I need to stay focused and I need to be diligent. All right. And they're, and they're, they're talking, they don't even seem focused. They're, they're going off on all these different things. Like I used to despise it whenever a minister would go off on rabbit trails. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, just follow your notes. Just follow. Like, you know, if it, if it's like, like, like this is how I would think, you know, like the Holy ghost gave you those notes. If the Lord gave you those notes, you should stick to those notes. Sure. You know, instead of, I thought that too. Yeah. Instead of, you know, Hey, the Holy ghost can give me notes to really get me a starting point. And then as I'm ministering, I flow in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost could direct something differently. Well, can he give you that direction ahead of time? Yeah, but, uh, you know, pastor says this all the time. All, we need to all, and you can put this in the comments, always be open to instruction, correction, and redirection. Yeah. We need to always be open to that. But, but it's important for us just at the offset of this to recognize like that, that, that we've basically been trained and probably developed a lot of habits you know, based on our soul, For based sure. on doing what makes sense or based on doing whatever I, f- whatever feels right in this moment, you know, and, and, and both of those things are, are surefire ways to keep you actually unfocused in, in spiritual things and out of the flow. Cause yeah. I can't flow if I'm just being led by my emotions. I just feel like I have to do something. I feel like I have to say something. I feel like I have to pray something. I feel like I have to I have to, to act on this, you know, like I'm, I don't operate by my feeling or this doesn't make sense. So I'm not like, like this whole laughing in the spirit thing doesn't make sense to me. So I'm not going to do it. You know, like, you know, there's two, two different ditches to that. Both operate in the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions, or I guess you like, so there's the emotional side. There's the, there's the logical reasoning side. And then there's the, I don't want to side, you know, like I do what I want. Well, congratulations, you're serving Satan, you know, because the demonic golden rule, the satanic golden rule is do what you want. So like, like I should not (laughs) just do what I want or do what feels right or do what looks right. You know, I need to do what the Holy Ghost is leading me to do. And, um, and, and and the Holy Spirit's not a feeling. The Holy Spirit's not just a logical reasoning. Now the Holy Spirit will lead me into truth. And, And so it's, it's not the truth will lead me into the spirit and it's not my me following my feelings that that leads me into the flow it's it's my fellowship with the holy spirit that leads me into the flow yeah. it's not a feeling it's not a logical thing it's a as i as i learn how to flow in the holy ghost it might not look focused according to the world standards you know the world the world standard is, of focus is you're just on one track mind you know uh focused in the holy ghost is I'm just doing whatever the Holy Ghost tells me to do. And if the Holy Ghost in, at some point in the middle of this broadcast says, I want you to start talking about tithing, all right? Well, that like a focused minister will allow the Holy Spirit to steer them into that direction. And, and someone could get the exact, they might have, there, there might be someone watching today that has a question on tithing. And the Holy Spirit could just give them that answer because they, they might only be on this broadcast once ever. You know, Holy Spirit gives them that answer. And then we get back on, on what, logically would be the track of where we were going you yeah. know and that's why i would get irritated with like I, I would get irritated with a minister who goes off on a rabbit trail because it's like 
they can't like I, and I would think because because I thought I knew what focused means, but really I was just in my head. Mm-hmm. They don't. They, they're not focused. They're not disciplined. They just say whatever they want to say. Like like you know, look look at him. He doesn't even have notes. Like this, this, you know. And, and in my head, like I would get judgmental in that aspect of it. But I but here's the thing. Am I in the flow? <laughs> you know, I'm not in the flow. I'm in my head. And I'm judging him for not being in the spirit while I'm here in my head, like in, in my old judgmental self, absolutely not in the spirit at all. Because it's pride. Yeah. And God opposes pride. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm prideful, I'm not going to get into the flow. And so we need to recognize those ditches that basically for, for, for a lot of us watching today, we, we've operated for the most part in our lives entirely, purely by our soul. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn how to flow in the Holy Ghost yeah. and how to, and we need to be willing to at least admit, Hey, maybe what I thought was the flow of the Holy Ghost could have just been my emotions and it could have just been my logic and my reasoning and my soul. Yeah. Like, like maybe I'm praying and, and asking God for a solution and my brain's turning, trying to figure something out. And, and then my brain pops out the solution. I'm like, Oh, that's the Holy Ghost. Cause I was just praying on it, but it was really just my brain made it up. You know, I'm not in the flow. I'm in my soul. And so and so we need to be willing, first and foremost, to recognize and admit, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, I had been op- operating by my soul, and that's not something that we need to beat ourselves up over. That's just something that we can humble ourselves and say, okay, Holy Spirit, and you can put this in the, in the comments, just and let this be your heart. Holy Spirit, teach me and lead me into the truth of your, of, of, of your spirit and of yeah. your flow. Holy Spirit, lead me. And guide me into the truth of how to flow in you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just said like a bunch of different things. I told you to put it in the comments. Just put it in the comments however it comes out of your heart. But like, uh, but Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me and to direct me and to teach me how to flow in you. Because he's the only one who can teach you. He's the teacher. The Holy Spirit's the teacher, you know. And he'll teach us how to flow. Yeah. Well, and you look at people who haven't learned what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And those are people that are constantly up and down. Their life is up and down. Their emotions are up and down. Their feet, like everything, the fruit of God in them, if there is fruit, is up and down. Mm -hmm. Because, and just talking (laughs) about believers, you know, we can have a heart that loves God, but not, not be trained in disciplining the soul because, I mean, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about how we are to submit ourselves and, you know, present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's my everything, my mind, my will, my emotions. Mm-hmm. They're not mine anymore. They become his. Yeah. I sacrifice them to God mm-hmm. because he paid for me. Why would I keep anything for myself when I could give it to him? But then verse two tells me that my responsibility is to transform my mind. Mm -hmm. What is my mind? It's my soul. My mind is my will, my emotions, my feelings. All of that is in the soul. And so the people, but you know, me, before I learned any of this, I was constantly up and down. I was moving every two years. Literally, it was a pattern. Every two years, I lived somewhere new. I went to college in a university up in Maine for two years. Then I moved to um, St. Louis for two years. Then I came back to Maine for two years. And then I moved here. And honestly, when I got here, I thought at most I'd be here two years, like at most, Mm -hmm. because that was my pattern. 
Why? Because my soul was soul was so undisciplined. And at the same time, I had a hunger for God and I wanted I wanted my life to be good, to have meaning. And I hadn't learned how to crucify my flesh yet. Mm -hmm. My soul had all these desires that were innately in there. I tried to figure out any way to make it happen. And I thought it was all being led. And pieces of it were, but large amounts of it was not him. And it wasn't until we rec- I recognized that I was a three-part being and I have control of my soul. I have control of that part. I have control of what I feel. I have control of what I think. I have control of what I do. Yeah. And that was the turning point when all of a sudden my focus was able to shift. And when my focus shifted, everything in my life started to shift because I started being able to flow. Mm-hmm. But that flow doesn't come because we have a responsibility or I mean, we do have a responsibility, but that focus doesn't come just because we know, okay, I need to focus on God now. Cause you have so many people all up in their soul, all up in their mind, all up in their logic, thinking that they're focusing on God, but they're just focusing on a list and putting themselves under the law. Mm-hmm. Focus, true focus on God and tr- the flow of God doesn't come from a list. Yeah. It doesn't come from the law. It comes from obedience to him, abiding, listening, and obeying. Yeah. We can't flow if we're not abiding. We won't stay in the flow if we're not obeying. You know, it's like a little kid that gets in an inner tube. You can put them in that inner tube and set them off down the river and they can be headed somewhere great. Mm. But if the kid decides, you know what, I'm not going to obediently sit like my parents told me to. Mm. I'm actually going to stand up and try and like wiggle around. I'm gonna, I think it'll be more fun to stand on top of it and straddle it with both feet. They're going to flip off at some point in time. Mm. Because they're not being obedient. See, even if it seems fun or easier, I could do this. Obedience is what guarantees we stay in the river. And we only get the obedience if we listen. And all three of those keys, abiding, listening, obeying, they ensure that we stay in the flow. Mm -hmm. Because... And, you know, I was talking, I'll actually be talking about this with my prayer team, or or not mine, the prayer team here at the church, the people that I pray with every day, a little bit more tomorrow. But it's like, I, like, I personally in prayer, and you, if it's a biblical principle, you can apply it anywhere. But in prayer, I am constantly having things come up to me. Why? Because I'm a spirit being, but I'm on a spiritual highway. I'm not the only car on the highway. Mm -hmm. There's inputs from the Holy Spirit, 100%. There's also other input. Like there's demonic input that can Mm -hmm. be in there. There's fleshly soulish input that's in there. And if I just start following any car on that highway, Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily guaranteed that it's God. It could just be a car that looks similar. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how the Lord started teaching me how to flow as he compared it to a highway. And so in prayer, I'm constantly being, if I'm using that visual, I have lots of cars, mm-hmm. but I don't need just any car. I need to find the Holy Spirit's car. I need him. I need to see it. And I need to follow that one. I need to navigate around everything else. And if we're not intentional to hear only God's voice yeah. and then move only God's way, only at God's word, 
then we're going to take an exit that God never meant yeah. for us to have. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and this this has just kept coming up to me. You know how how powerful our soul can become. For you know, sure. Um, or or just even the brains that God's given us. They're, they're powerful things. Yep. You know why did God give us a brain? You know so that we can meditate on His Word, so that we can uh, keep our focus on, on the things of God. You know, that's part of the reason why He gave us a brain. Um, you know, not so that we can just logic everything out, but so that we can just meditate on His promises. And, yeah. um, but our brains are powerful things. Pa- you probably heard Pastor talk about this before. But, like, what's an optical illusion? Let's say you have, like, this, uh, this picture, this graphic. Uh, it's like a little cir- circle. It's got different, like, shapes in it. And, and the all, Venn diagram? And, yeah, well, no, just like a, a optical illusion. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. You got, a, you got an optical illusion. It's a circle. It's got shapes inside, and, uh, and it looks like it's spinning, all right? Obviously, mm-hmm. you know it's not spinning, but when you look at it, it starts spinning, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you kind of focus a little bit. You realize it's just a bunch of different shapes, you know, inside of that, that circle designed in a certain way. What, what's happening? Why is it spinning? Your brain is designed to fill in those gaps. Yeah. Your brain is, 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 is basically tell your, your eyes are linking with your brain, and your brain is saying, this should be moving based on things that I already know, based on the world around you, based on um, physics and different things. Your brain is filling in the gaps and causing that circle to spin. Yeah. Um, And and what happens oftentimes, and this happened to me so much, is I would be in a time of prayer asking God for an answer, and I know I brought this up already, asking God for an answer, and, and, and if I don't know how to discipline my soul and how to discipline my mind and discipline my brain... I can get off focus by my brain trying to fill in the gaps. All right, let's say, let's say, um, let's say I, I need a car, I need a vehicle, and um, and I'm praying and asking God and just believing Him for that vehicle, and uh, and then and honestly, you can get this happening just as someone's preaching. All right, so like, let's say I'm believing God for a vehicle, and pastor's ministering on how. Uh, how he was driving down the road one day, you know, and the Lord said, I want you to turn into uh, like Stanley Motors. And uh, he turns in and all of a sudden there's the car. All right. I've, I'm going to be completely honest. There have been times I've been driving down the road and all of a sudden I see Stanley Motors and I'm like, oh, I'm believing for a car. And I'm like, and, and like, and I could be like, well, it happened that way to him. Oh, all of a sudden I have a word, turn into Stanley Motors. Right. But it's really just, yeah. you know, that like there, like I remember listening to the brother Jerry and, um, and he was believing for something, and God told him, "Hey, I want you to write write down, write it down, you know, on, on a piece of paper uh, what you're believing God for. Write down the seed that you're sowing uh, for it, and I want you to sign it, and uh, and just let that be your faith. All right. Look. So he said that, and and I was like, all right, I'll, I'm believing for stuff. I want to write those things down, and I, like basically, like he was like make a form, formal document kind of. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I want to do that. You know, write it down, sow a seed, and I'm going to sign it. But the Holy Ghost didn't tell me to do that. The Holy yep. Ghost told him to do that. You know. Yep. But my brain tried to apply what the Holy Ghost told them to do to my situation. But is the is the flow of the Holy Ghost in my situation going to be? exactly the same as what the Holy Ghost is flowing in his situation? Not necessarily. Right. I mean, how many times did Jesus heal someone the same way? I mean, you got like blind people, one person, Jesus spit in the mud, rubbed mud in his eyes and, uh, and, and told him to wash it. Another, another one, he just said, be open. Another one, he stuck his thumbs, you know, and it, or, or no, that's the, the deaf and, and mute guy where he stuck his fingers in his ears, put his, uh, finger on his tongue too. Like, but like, when Jesus healed people, he was in a flow. Mm-hmm. He, he was in a flow. He, did, he didn't do it the same way every time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, a, and, and it, 
And we can actually get wrong, and it's more of a soulish thing by trying to apply what the Holy Ghost told someone else to do to our situation. We need yeah. to be in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Now, if there's a Bible verse on it, like call the elders of the church, let them anoint your head with oil, that's a different thing. Um, but it's important for us to recognize that our soul, our brains are powerful, and they can manifest all these different things. So like, yeah. like you're talking about, we're on like this spiritual highway, you know, and as we're going down, uh, our brain will try to bring things up you know, and, and try to distract us. Oh, you know, how many times have we tried to like sit down and read our Bible or sit down and pray? And all of a sudden I got to pee. Oh, I forgot. Did, did, did I turn the stove off? Did I, you know, like are, mm-hmm. all these things are now coming up. Like, is like, are all these things Holy Ghost? No, mm-hmm. no. It's an equal part of our brains try, like trying to fill in the gaps or trying to make sure everything's like pieced together. And also part of it is the enemy just mm-hmm. trying to derail us and get us off on a track. And like a track that'll keep us from actually entering into the flow of the Holy Ghost. Because recognize, if we get into the flow, we're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get into the flow of the Holy Ghost, we're unstoppable. So, of course, the devil's going to try to bring in everything that he can in his power to keep us out of that flow or to keep us at least a little bit off. Mm-hmm. You know, to where we're like right next to the flow and we can like, hey, that's the flow, you know. And maybe we try to jump in and like bring our own little stuff, but like, no, we need we need to learn how to get into the flow yeah. and remain in the flow and, and and take every thought captive. It doesn't just say every every bad thought captive. Like I think that's an important thing for us to recognize. You know, the Bible doesn't say take just the bad thoughts captive. It says take every thought captive. So the ones that I think are bad, the ones that I think are right and good. I need to take all those thoughts and I need to just take them captive. And to basically, it says, make it to the obedience of Christ. So I'm taking all these thoughts, and I'm just letting the flow yeah. take over. I'm just, I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit to to filter through it all. I don't have to filter through it all. I just have to be in Him. Yeah. And and what's going to be the fruit of that? Well, what's we're talking about the flow. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, right? What's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What's the fruit of me essentially being in the flow? Love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Self-control, I can't do that with my pinky. Self-control, there we go, right? That, that's the fruit of the Spirit. I, I don't know why I did my thumb, but, um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, if, and, and basically, and it's not fruits, you know, they're not all separate. All of these things need to be manifesting at a time basically how do i know if i'm not in the flow is any of these things absent mm-hmm. you know am, am i not in love am i not in peace am i not patient god i need an answer now right i'm in, not in the flow i'm in my head you know I, I i need a solution now god like no i'm not in patience you know and i'm not in peace so i'm not in the flow yeah uh and, and like th- these are great indicators you know yeah. to help us Ki- kindness goodness faithfulness uh, so, so faithfulness, you know, like, like I'm not, I'm not discouraged if it's been a certain amount of time. Like I'm just, I'm faithful. I'm continu- I'm continuous. I'm not dropping my faith. I'm standing firm in faith, right? Uh, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, self-control, uh, faithful, whatever, you know? Um, but, but these are the fruit of the flow, yeah. right? The, these are the evidences that I'm actually in the flow. If I'm constantly worried, am I, is this right? Is this good? Is this, is this? You know, we shouldn't fear missing it. What we should do is just abide, listen, and obey. And in that flow, these fr- this fruit w- will 
will naturally come out of us. Yeah. For, hey, Brother Andy, it's good to see you on. Hey, we sir. love you and Pastor Doug so much. Um, but wanted to, right? It's Andy. Yeah. That's it. And Marky looked up at that point. I'm like, do we know another Andy West that I'm just like accidentally getting the wrong name to? Thought it was, anyway. <laughs> but I'm, you're talking about evidences that were not in the flow. A lack of power. Mm. You know, because I, there have been times where I thought that I had all the fruit of the Spirit good, but there was no power in my life. There was no fruit of manifestation of, mm. of God's provision. And I'm looking around, I'm like, what is off? And in my, not even deception, but in my ignorance of the things of God, I didn't realize I wasn't in a flow. I was so in my head thinking I had stuff correct and thinking I was doing things correctly that until I honestly evaluated the fruit of my output, not just you know, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those are actions. But the power in my life was so lacking yeah. that it was an evidence of something's off. I can't, and, and hear this, put, put this in the comments. I can't produce God's power on my own. Yeah. I can't make God shoot power out of my hands. But if I'm in a flow with him, when he tells me to lay hands on the sick, then my hands then become anointed clay for him to minister through. That's what happens when yeah. God says, touch this person, walk over here, do this. I then cease being myself and I become Jesus in that moment. I'm an ambassador. I'm, I'm going for him somewhere. I'm doing this for him. So it's him that produces that out of us. And recognizing that is so important because as buddy was just talking about, we're made in the image and in the likeness of God. Yeah. So we do have a very powerful mind, mm -hmm. a very yeah. powerful mind. No doubt about it. Why? Cause we're made like God. Yeah. God has a powerful mind. We're made like him. God is solution-minded before the world even began, before Adam and Eve fell for the temptation of the enemy in the garden, God already had a plan of redemption because he's solution-minded. Our brains are designed in that same exact way. We're created to be solution-minded too and to carry God into places to bring the solutions to people. That's what we're designed to do. But if we don't harness, you know, it's like my daughter, Caroline, she's so strong-willed. Oh my gosh. She's 16 months old. She has a stronger will than some adults. I'm not even exaggerating. Like I've watched her not bend on stuff that adults would have bent to. She's got such a strong will and disciplined and used effectively for God. It's going to be phenomenal. The things that she does for the kingdom. However, if George and I were not parents who understood that and just let her do whatever, this tool that is to be a mighty asset in her tool belt for God would then become a destructive agent against mm -hmm. her. Yeah. If we don't know how to take our minds 
captive, how to control our souls, then something that was designed for a phenomenal purpose to partner with God and to bring about God's solutions on the earth then becomes a captive place and puts us in bondage that we were never meant to be put into. It's like I can... I was literally thinking this morning, I was praying about something that George and I are needing to do, and we're just believing for finances on it. And I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost, and my mind, not me, not the real me, not Jesus, but my emotions, my logic was like, well, I could have this conversation with this person this way, and if I added in this one sentence, they would probably do this for me. And as soon as I thought it, the Lord, like the Holy Spirit in me was like, nope, not that way. Like my mind knows how to communicate to Mm. get what I want or to get what my soul wants. Mm. My mind knows actions to take to make people pity me so that they then give to me more. My mind knows how to work the world to get a solution, but I'm not supposed to... pair my mind with the world. I'm to pair my mind with God and to get into his flow because when I'm in his flow and he says, speak a word out, then all of a sudden there's not going to be any doubt because I've harnessed a weapon that God gave to me for my tool belt. And together my weapon with God's power are going to bring about supernatural results on the earth. Mm-hmm. But I can't make it happen on my own. If I just go about living by my emotions and my soul and manipulating things to get what I want, manipulation's witchcraft. I'm literally partnering with Satan. Mm-hmm. I'm partnering with the world. And I don't want to partner with the world. Yeah. I don't want to partner with the devil. He's going to kill me. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I shouldn't want to do that. You know, I want to partner with God who's going to lead me into triumph and that will only effectively happen once we allow God to fully be the Lord of our minds, yeah. fully be the Lord of our soul. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, I want to change the title now to how to not partner with the devil. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like even in the middle yeah. of this conversation, like mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes ago, there was the temptation for uh, the flows totally changed from what we talked about earlier. We're going to change the title of this. I have no doubt we're probably going to change the thumbnail because it's it's different. Like it's in line, but it's not just how to stay focused. It, like th- there's an element of it that's different. So as we're ministering, my flesh was like, we probably need to get back on topic. Like <laughs> we we we've we've drifted enough. Now it's time to come back. And that's just the mind. Why not wanting to do extra work? Like my mind doesn't want you to have to make another thumbnail or us to have to think through another, you know, the lazy fleshly aspect of it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's recognizing those small foxes when they come up, you know, why am I wanting to pray for 12 minutes in front of the church at an all night prayer night? Mm -hmm. Is it God that wants me to, or do I want people to know I can do it? Do I want people to know that I'm special? Mm -hmm. Do, is it God that wants me to take a nap in the middle of my work day? Or did I just stay up really late last night because I was just watching Mario Kart or something? Mm-hmm. You, you know, how much of it is God and how much of it is me? And we've got to ask, what's the source? Yeah. Why is this coming up? Is it God? If it's God, terrific. If it's not, Chuck it. Mm -hmm. But God only speaks with things that are peaceful, that are easy, Mm -hmm. that not easy to the flesh, but easy on the spirit. He speaks in peace. 
He speaks in love. He speaks with gentleness. He will never hear this and put this in the comments. God will never speak and have it cause fear. Mm-hmm. He never speaks by fear. That's anti-God. Yeah. So if I'm feeling pressure and fear and, you know, lack, mm-hmm. that's not my God's voice. Yeah. I don't have to move by it. Yeah, yeah. Put this in the comments too. God will never lead me by pressure. Never. God will never lead mm-hmm. me by pressure. Um, you know, speaking of Mario Kart, um, <laughs> uh, I, I remember hearing Dr. Rodney share, share a story about how he, was, um, he, was, he, he went to minister at this church. And uh, before the service, um, you know, he was at, like, he stayed at the pastor's house. You know, that, that was a common thing uh, a while ago. He was staying at the pastor's house, and, and uh, it was Sunday morning, and, and, uh, and, the son, and Dr. Rodney and the, and the pastor's son were just sitting there playing Mario Kart. And it was like, and um, I, I think the service was getting ready to start um, maybe within the hour, you know. Mm-hmm. And the pastor comes out, and he's like, why are you not praying? Service is starting. Like you should be praying. You should be fasting. You should be, you, you know, you should be doing these holy, these holy things, you yeah. know? And, uh, and, and, and Dr. Rodney was like, it just kind of made him want to play more, you know? Yeah. Like, because Dr. Rodney understood, you know, how to flow. Now, is it important to pray before you minister? Is it important to do those things? It's important to flow by the Holy Ghost, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like some people would say, like, you have to pray at least seven hours before you preach, you know? Like, okay. Uh, where does is that you, the where, only time the each Bible week you're praying? Yeah, yeah like, like sh- shouldn't we, I don't know, pray always? <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, like the Bible says, what, what, is that, what does that look like? You yeah. know, does that mean nonstop, like, does that mean right now I'm being disobedient because I'm not praying like, oh, Father, you know, like, or, or is prayer just fellowship? Yeah. You know, like, because prayer isn't always just talking. Sometimes prayer is worship. Sometimes prayer is just, you know, is just me being in his presence, you know, like, or it, all of that, you know, yeah. prayer. I'm just flowing in the Holy Ghost. I'm just like, even right now as what we're doing, we're, we're ministering, we're praying, we're, we're in fellowship with the Lord. We're, yeah. we're doing what the Lord's called us to do. Now, I'm not saying like, use that as an excuse to never actually have time to sit down and have conversations with God. No, that's not what I'm saying. You know, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost always, you know, I'm looking at the wrong camera, like we're still here, (laughs) but like we need to, but, but it's important for us to just be in that flow. And Dr. Rodney recognized that. So he's like, like, you know, he he recognized I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I have fellowship with God at all times. Not that he's lazy with it because he's, he prays probably more than everyone watching this broadcast combined. Right. But, um, um, but he, uh, but ultimately like the end of the story was, they went into the service. It was the most anointed service that that pastor had ever been a part of. Yeah. And then uh, he said before they got to that night service, like the, the pastor's playing like Mario Kart's, you know, like, like, but, um, but he wasn't letting pressure guide him. He wasn't yeah. letting the pressure of that pastor, you should be doing it this way, you know, lead him to, oh, I guess I should be doing it this way. Yeah. Like, no, like, I'm just going to do what the Holy Ghost tells me to do. I'm going to abide, listen, and obey, and just be in the flow of the Holy Ghost, not not put on these worldly pressures of if I'm actually a godly Christian, I need to pray at least five hours a day in this, like, in a certain way. No, I just need to be in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And as I'm in the flow of the Holy Ghost, it will produce power. It will produce peace. And and again, hear this. God will never lead us by pressure. God doesn't lead his people by pressure. He leads them by peace. The Bible says he keeps us in perfect peace. 
as we keep our eyes uh, focused on him. Uh, the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. Not, God, God's not a God of pressure. Uh, the Bible says that you will be led forth in peace. Yeah. You will be led forth in peace. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit and he leads us in peace. When we pray, uh, we should pray with thanksgiving, right? Be anxious for nothing. What, what does that mean? Feel pressure for nothing. Take care for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And then the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? There's so many verses that's popping up in me right now. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. Basically, are you, are you pressured? Are you weary? Are you carrying all this burden? I'll give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So basically he's saying, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you the wisdom of what to do. And you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What does that mean? He's going to tell you what to do. He's going to show you what to do. He's going to help. As you're in him, you'll enter into that flow and it'll be easy. It'll be light. You'll do what he tells you to do and it'll bring you increase. It'll bring you power. It'll bring you victory and you'll triumph in all that you do. Um, but it's not done by pressure. It's mm-hmm. not. It's done by peace. God doesn't lead by pressure. He doesn't lead by by you know, fear mongering, he leads by peace. Mm-hmm. Well, and his leading isn't always, it's not always gentle to the flesh. So, you know, we're talking about peace, but just because God is a God of peace doesn't mean the flesh is going to be super duper comfortable in everything. Yeah. You know, P- Apostle Bill Motley, he, he said it here just a few days ago. He's been talking about it on his leadership videos we need to get comfortable in what God's calling us to do. Basically, we need to get comfortable in God's uncomfortable. Yeah. When God tells us to do something, we go and do it. And the story, like the story that came up is so it's so such an interesting illustration. Mm-hmm. But one of my like one of the men of God that George and I are partnered with and connected to is evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. And he like he comes from a family of ministers. His grandfather got like radically saved and just it it impacted his their entire family line. All of their family is ministers now. But his grandfather, if you know the Shuttlesworths, they have some grit to them and they have an edge to them. Mm-hmm. They got that super honest is my understanding from their grandfather. <laughs> and so I've heard evangelist Ted tell this story of his grandfather who was preaching at this church. I don't remember where it was, but he was preaching at a church and the people were just resistant to him. Like they were, he was ministering and they were just kind of like sitting there not doing it, doing anything. And he just walked out the center aisle and was gone and was gone for not like 30 seconds gone, was gone for like 15, 20 minutes gone. And they're all just in there like, what on earth is going on? And then he came back in and he finished preaching and like the people, like he was able to cut through and break through and like the Lord was able to do a work. And the pastor went up to him and asked him afterwards, where'd you go? And he's like, your people weren't pulling on me. So I went back to your house and I made me a bologna sandwich and I drank some soda. And then I came back and like, does that seem comfortable, logical, normal, even respectful? No. But was he a man of God? Yeah. Did he come back in and God moved? Yes. 
If he had been disobedient and was just ignoring the Lord, the Lord wouldn't have honored that. He wouldn't have allowed, he, he wouldn't have allowed that. God, that's not how God works. So even in something that seems so crazy and outwardly disrespectful, how outwardly disrespectful does it seem to our minds now for Jesus to compare a woman to a dog? And yet the humility in her allowed her to receive something. Jesus wasn't being disrespectful. He was saying exactly what the Lord told him to say, exactly when the Lord told him to say it. And I'm sure there were moments, because Jesus loved these people, that it didn't always feel comfortable. To be like, hey, you whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. Like, I'm sure that's not a comfortable thing. How comfortable is it for us to walk in front of a group of people about to stone a woman because she was literally thrown in coming from some man's bed caught in the act of adultery and they're all getting ready to kill her and you're the one person between her and death. That's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. But God will lead us into places where our flesh feels uncomfortable so he can be glorified and can shine a light in a darkened area. Like this morning, we were having a conversation as a team, and there are different moments in the conversation where people needed to say things that felt uncomfortable, yet because they were willing to say the uncomfortable thing, it led to another opportunity for God's light to be shined and led for freedom to come in and what could have been a disunified jacked up broadcast and on, if we did a broadcast led to a place of peace and joy and laughter at the outset because God is able yep. to do a mighty work when we say yes regardless of what our feelings say about it yeah. we've got to get good at allowing our flesh to be uncomfortable when our spirit is thriving, because our yeah. spirit loves that stuff, mm -hmm. loves it. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to, um, you know, what are we being led by? Mm -hmm. Are we being led by the spirit and entering into the flow of the Holy Spirit? Or are we being led by our feelings and yeah. our emotions? You know, because our feelings and our emotions will lie to us. They'll tell, you know, the, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, it says there's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Right. right. So just because something seems right, just because something feels right doesn't mean it leads to life. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, the, the greatest example of that is Eve in the garden. Oh, she looked at the fruit. It looked good for, fruit, for food, and it looked, it looked pleasing to the eye. It looked good. Oh, well, if it looks good, and God's good, yeah. and God's withholding no good thing for me, then I must eat this fruit, right? Yep. And, and that was the deception from the devil. Hey, God actually... Uh, like, what was the devil like saying to Eve? You know, if you eat of it, you'll be like God. Well, it's, you know, that's a good thing to be like God. We're supposed to be like God. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to act like him and be like him. So, yeah, I'll take the fruit because this must be right, you know? Right. And, and what happened? Well, she got into her head. She got into her soul, got into feeling and, and logic. And, okay, this seems right. And uh, was it? No. You know, but right. she was convinced. She knew it was right. She was convinced, you know? Uh, Adam, probably not so much, you know, right. but he just let it happen. Uh, cause you know, he didn't want to speak up. He didn't want to do what he was ordained by God to do. But how many times, like, do people say, I know this is God. I know this is him. I know this is what he wants me to do. I know this is what he called me to do. And, uh, and all it was, was they were in a time of prayer, desperate for yep. an answer. God, 
I need an answer from you today. Yeah. Or else, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the devil hears that. Oh, they're desperate. Let me give them something. A hundred percent. You know? Like, like we would be foolish to think that the devil doesn't keep, like, hear that and try to insert something in it. You know, That's like, what made me think I was going to be a pastor. Yeah. I so desperately had not, I wanted that. It was a fleshly desire of mm-hmm. mine that I hadn't crucified. And because I hadn't crucified it, when I'm sitting crying out for God, God, speak to me, give me clarity, give me vision, help me understand, what am I doing, what's the purpose? Immediately. Yeah. Immediately that thought came mm-hmm. and that you are called to be a pastor got so deeply rooted in me, mm-hmm. almost screwed up my entire life. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the question. Were you in peace? No. In patience? No. Nope. <laughs> you know, you know, and uh, faithfulness. I like, thought like, I was in patience. Yeah. I had yeah. waited years. Mm-hmm. I thought it was patience. Yeah. And so like you see how our brains can convince us. For this sure. This is right. This is noble. This is God. It has to be, you know, but really what was happening was we were so desperate in and honestly, if we were to be honest, impatient and, and, and like, I, I remember hearing a story from, um, uh, from, uh, uh, what's his name? Like father of faith. The, Kenneth Hagin. Yeah. Kenneth Hagin. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and it was in, in one of his books and he was talking about like a woman who, uh, just desperately wanted to hear the voice of God. She yep. wanted to hear an audible voice from God. And so she was asking God, God, I want to hear an audible voice. I want to hear that audible voice from you. And she was desperate not to just be in the flow, not to let the Lord guide it, but she yeah. wanted to hear an audible voice. And what happened? She heard a voice. She started hearing voices. Was it God? Absolutely not. Yeah. She, in her desperation, she started hearing voices. And, and, um, and then she received those voices. And ultimately, she ended up being... I don't remember if it was possessed, but she was severely oppressed at the mm-hmm. at the least, and um and she didn't want to be free from it because she she found comfort in those voices. But what what was she seeking? Was she seeking to be in the flow and uh, abide and listen and obey, or was she seeking something so desperately? And the devil brought in a counterfeit, and she at the beginning convinced herself this is God because yep. I was asking God for it. You know, like don't don't like like it's important for us to recognize God. I, I, I want a promotion and I want a job right. and the, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit wasn't ordaining it. Oh, look at that. You're, you're starting to get planted in a place and in a church that's getting ready to change your life and you're, and you're getting close. Oh, now you're praying and asking God for, for a promotion, which the Bible says that promotion comes from the Lord, which is like noble and it's right. Right. Um, but it doesn't come from me seeking a promotion. It comes from me just seeking him. Yeah. But but what will happen? All of a sudden, the devil will give you a promotion, but it's in another state, and you have to unplant yourself from your church. Oh, but I was asking God for this, so this has to be God. You know, God our, doesn't plant and unplant and plant and yeah. unplant and plant and unplant. That's mm-hmm. how plants die. Yeah. He's not going to do that. So if God's planted us somewhere, he's not going to then uproot us immediately afterwards yeah. or even long-term afterwards. For most people, the church they're called to be at yeah. is the church they're <laughs> called to be at yeah. forever. Most people are not called to just uproot themselves Mm -hmm. every so often or every few years. We're not to be promotion minded thinking I've got I've milked this place for all it's worth. And now I'm going to another place that's being a leech. Yeah, that's not being a help that's leeching off of a body. No, we are to be planted and the soul wants to promote itself. Mm -hmm. So it, it like it's just. I'm not trying to go into their 
I say that because we're in a point in time right now where there's growth happening around us and there's going to be opportunities Mm -hmm. that get presented to us. Mm -hmm. Not every opportunity is God. Not every door is God. Not every key is God. Not every package is God. Not every bonus is God. There can be even times when money's put in our hands and it's an attempt to tether us to something. Mm -hmm. That's not him because it wants to buy us. We can't be ignorant of this stuff. We can't be ignorant and just let the soul run us because it can easily run us into death and destruction. We've got to be wise, 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 wise. We have to, it's not an option. So, you know, for me, knowing this stuff is huge because the devil may try to package it to look like God, but at best he counterfeits. There's going to be a flaw in there somewhere. So, you know, you brought up the job option, you know, does God want me to increase? Yes. Yes, he does. Does God want to bless me? Yep. Does he want me to be satisfied in what I'm doing? Yes. Does he want me to use my giftings? Yes. Okay. Here comes a job. All of these things look like they're there. Great money. You're going to be doing something you always dreamed of doing. You're going to be happy. You get to have the work environment you want. Keep the hours you want, except you have to work on Sundays or you have to leave this town. Mm. But he wants this. God wants this for me. He does. But God's not going to make you sacrifice to get it. Like not, not he's not going to make you compromise yeah. on his word. Yeah. He's not, God's not going to make you compromise his standards. Yeah. He's not going to make us compromise what he's already told us to do. If he's going to increase us, the word says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to yeah. it. It would be a sorrow in my spirit if I had to unplant myself to go have a job. God is able to plant me and supply me. Mm. He's able to call me into a ministry and do something that makes my flesh uncomfortable and supply me. When I started here in Boomerang, I made zero money for like the first three years. Even right now, the money I make, it's not like if, if what was coming to me, it's not enough for me to live on, on my own in the natural, if that's Mm. all that was coming in, but God called me. Same with you and Serena. When you started working here, you Mm -hmm. didn't have any sort of take home anything, but God called you. Mm -hmm. And if he calls us, he'll equip us and supply us. And we won't need to compromise anything of God. We may have to compromise our flesh. Praise God. Kill it. Mm -hmm. We may have to compromise our soul. Praise God. Discipline it. But we will never have to compromise in our spirit if it's God. God is able to supply all we need according to his riches. He's able to supply us with everything we need Mm -hmm. without compromise attached to it. And we have to know that. That has to be one of the things that we get in our soul. That I don't have to compromise God to live abundantly. I don't have to compromise abundance to live for God. They're together. Yeah. Like, just a quick story. Like, I remember Dr. Richard talking about a a man who uh, had a wife, had a kid, and um, and a job opportunity came up. Dream job, like everything we were talking about. 
and he said, you shouldn't take that job. <laughs> you know? Yep. And, and can you imagine, like, the thought? He preaches on, pro- on abundance. He preaches on prosperity. This job is going to get me the house that, I, that, that, that I'm desiring, the car that I'm desiring, uh, the, the income so that I can advance the kingdom of God. I right. just have to move to another town. You know, right. like, like he's been preaching on this stuff and now it's happening and you don't want me to actually inherit it. You know, like imagine all those thoughts. Well, five years, what happened? He lost his wife. He lost his house. He lost yep. his job. He lost his kid. Like he lost all those things because... Because he wasn't in the flow, he was in his head. Yeah. You know, well, this makes sense. This looks right, you know? And, and so, we're, again, we're talking about like how to stay focused and in the flow. Recognize the devil's gonna try to put things on that highway to get you distracted and For to get sure. you off. He's gonna try to do whatever he can because, again, when I'm in the flow, when I get in the flow of the Holy Ghost, I'm unstoppable. Yep. I'm unstoppable. But if I get out of the flow, I can get derailed and I can lose everything that God intended me to, to have. You know, I can waste a life being derailed thinking I'm doing everything for God. Yes. And, and, and I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and not hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I'm not talking about, like, go, you'll go to hell if you don't, like, make every decision perfectly. What, what I'm talking about is, is uh, I want, when I get into heaven, I, want, I, want, I don't want to get to heaven and find out there was so much more in store for me, but I got distracted by wanting a Mustang. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like by, by some small thing or by my desire to hear, hear a voice, you know, mm-hmm. or to, to get a word, you know. Like, I shouldn't be going around seeking words. I shouldn't go around seeking these things. I should just be, have my, my full focus and my full desire should be, God, I just want to be in you. And if I you're will, in you, you're yeah. going to get the words. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm in God, I'm going to hear him talk to me. Yeah. That's relationship. Yeah. So, so you know, it's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Not seek after the things, not seek after the words, not seek after those things, and they'll be added unto me. That's not, that's not the proper flow. Mm-hmm. When I'm in the flow, I'm supplied. When I'm in the flow, the fruit will produce. When right. I'm in the flow, uh, all of the things that I need, all the things that I desire, all the things that I want, you know, if when I delight myself in the Lord, then I'll get the desires of my heart. You know, it's not when I delight myself in the desires of my heart. No, I find my delight in God yeah. and in just loving him, being in fellowship with him and just abiding in him and let him guide me and direct me throughout life. All of those things will be added. All the desires of my heart will be added. Honestly, the desires that are in my heart that I don't even know I have those desires. God yeah. will add those things to me. Like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful system. We just have to be intentional to not operate by our soul, our emotions, or our logic, to because that'll derail us and shift our focus away from what really matters. Yeah, amen. Amen. So uh, don't live by the soul. Amen. Amen. Don't don't whether it's logic and reason. Um, I'm debating if I want to, if, if I should say this. I'll, I'll flow. But whether it's logic or reason or, okay, I'll say it. You know, you know like you have optimists, right? You have, um, you know, people who look at things with, an, with a, you know, a very uh, optimistic <laughs> mentality, right? Like, like they usually see like the cup is, is half, full. half full, you know, not half empty. You got pessimists, right, who are usually are more negative, see the cup half empty, right? You'll have people who say they're realists, mm-hmm. all right? Like, uh, which is basically just a prideful pessimist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just see things how they really are. No, you're a pessimist, but you're too proud to say you're a pessimist. Mm-hmm. So you'll say, I'm a realist, you know? Um, which 
you can't be a realist and, and operate by faith at the same time. You know, like what, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I feel like the Lord wants me to say that because I used to say that. Yeah. You know, I'm a realist. I'm just a realist. No, I'm just a pessimist. I, I, I was just a pessimist. Uh, and I, I would yeah. just change the word so that because I, I was too prideful to say I was a pessimist. But uh, the, re- the reason why I say that is this. I was operating by logic and reason, and I was approaching and, and looking at the whole world through the lens of, of my logic and my reason. And because I was looking through that lens and not looking through the lens of flowing in the Holy Ghost and not looking at, at the world through a fellowship with God, I was looking at it through this lens of it, things need to make sense, Right. I feel like someone probably just took a screenshot of that. But like through this lens of I need to understand everything. And if I don't understand it all, I'm not going to I'm not going to make a move. You know, right. no, uh, that lens is going to hold me back from entering into the flow. It's like it's like it's like God is wanting me. Let, let's say this. It's like I'm st- sitting on the bank. There's a river that's going to lead me into life. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's going to lead me into 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 joy, peace. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's this river. I'm standing on the bank of that river, and I'm like, until I fully understand what's on the other side of that river, until I fully understand how cold the river is, until I fully understand how I'm going to be sustained in the river, you know, yep. I'm not going to get in. Like, yep. I'm, am I going to encounter life at this point? No, I'm going to miss out on it because I have to make sure that I understand everything before I, I step in. Like, I'm holding myself back. Um, I could, I could also be like on the other side of, of that, operating by emotion. And I just don't feel like it. You know, it, it's cold. I don't, you know, all, yeah. all these different things. And, and, uh, and all those things will hold me back. So, so I have to make sure that I'm not living by the soul. I'm living by the Spirit. Yeah. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And, and, and why, why is that important? Because God wants us to have life to the full till it overflows. Not just have life, not just live a life, but... Have and enjoy life yeah. to the full till it overflows. John 10, 10. That's why Jesus came. So the, and John 17, 3 tells us that this is eternal life. This is everlasting life to know the Father, right? And everlasting life is why Jesus came, John 3, 16. But so that we can know fa- the Father, have fellowship with the Father, enter into a relationship with Him and just flow in that relationship with Him. It's not rigid. It's just a flow. Yeah. So I w- we basically what we want to do is we want to give you an opportunity right here, right now to reset, throw how I feel aside. Honestly, some of us, we might need to throw our bias aside of this is how things need to work. Some of us, we might need to honestly lay a lot on the altar at this point because how much of what we've adopted or done in our lives or, or mentalities that we've had that we've adopted ourselves that we've convinced ourselves is God, but it's not God. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be willing to lay these things on the altar. So, you know, the Lord might be highlighting some things in you as we're, as we're talking about these things. There might be some areas where you're like, this is definitely God, which let's be willing to just lay it on the altar. If it's God, if it's, if it was, if it was God, it's going to last, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, everything's going to be tested by fire. Everything's going to be tested by fire. Yeah. It's good for us to be willing now, before we're on the other side of eternity, you know, and find out everything that we did to burn up and didn't last, you know, it's good for us to take this moment right now, lay these things on the altar and say, God, if this isn't you, let me know. Let me know. Humble ourselves, not be prideful. No, I know it's God. No, 
God, let me humble myself. Lay this on the altar like Paul did whenever he laid his entire doctrine on the altar yeah. in, in front of James and submitted it all to him to make sure that, that it's right. You know, like yeah. Paul, who was preaching the, the, his gospel for at, at least a decade at that point, is still willing, was still willing to lay, lay it down, you know. And, and, and I would say that Paul know, knows a lot more than probably any of us do. So let's be willing to lay these things on the altar and say, Holy Spirit, just lead me from this day forward. If I've missed it, okay, let me throw that aside, and God, let me flow with you from this day forward. And God's merciful. He's gracious. He's not looking to beat people up and talk about how much we've missed it. The second we repent, He forgets about it. He's throwing it away, and He just wants you to take Him by the hand and enter into that flow and let Him just guide you into His glory. That's His heart. Yeah. Well, and before Buddy prays, how can we know that we can step into the river that Buddy was talking about when our logic is like, I don't understand this all, or our emotions say, I don't want to, I don't want to lay this on the altar, I, I don't understand why God would tell me to do anything different. The why is because God loves us. Mm. God loves us. God only has good plans for us. He doesn't have some good plans today and then tomorrow is going to be like a freak show. <coughs> no, he only has good intentions for us. So if the river of God, if he's saying jump in, it's only going to be good. If he's saying do this, it only will be for my good. It's only good that God is bringing us to. It's only good that God is bringing us to. Just declare that in the comments right now. Type it out. Say yeah. it out of your mouth. It's yeah. only good yeah. that God is bringing me to. Yeah. That's his intention. That's his heart. If we're following anything else, at best, it's going to be decent. God doesn't want decent according to the world standards. Yeah. He wants us to have his level of goodness, yeah. his level of what he deems life and life in abundance. And that's what's waiting for us on the other side of this. It may feel overwhelming. Bump that. It's a lie trying to keep us from crossing through to God. Throw that garbage away. That's what we're crucifying today. And God, it like not to make it matrixy, but it's truly like in the matrix where it's like, Here's the red pill. Here's the blue pill. You can either stay deceived or you can take the pill and have your eyes come open and see what's happening. Yeah. God's saying, get rid of the deception. Mm -hmm. Get rid of living on a lesser level of me. Yeah. And let me show you truly the extravagant life that I've created for you. Yeah. That's why today. Amen. And um, one more thing. If you're wondering and trying to discern, is this God or not? Ask your pastor. That's 100%. all I'm going to say about that. Ask your pastor. Hallelujah. So Amen. let's pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, and, and everyone listening, let this be your heart. Don't let this just be my prayer. Let this be your heart as well. Father, in Jesus' name, I lay everything down before you. I lay my thoughts, my ideas, my bias, my, my, my life goals, my dreams. God, I lay them all on the altar. And God, I ask you in Jesus' name, Burn up, burn up everything yeah. that is not originated from you. 
Father, I, I want you to burn it up now before, before that day in eternity. Father, yeah. right now, God, burn up everything that's not of you. Expose and shine a light on the things that you didn't put there. Father, I don't want to be pursuing anything that is not, that is not destined and given to me by you. If you didn't author it, I don't want it. Yeah. If you're not calling me to go there, I don't want to go there. If you're not calling me to, to have that, I don't want it. God, let me only have what you call me to have. Let me only go where you want me to go. Let me only be what you've called me to be in Jesus' name. God, we lay everything up before you. And Father, right now in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, teach us, guide us. God, we take you by the hand. And we know you always lead us into triumph. But Father, as we take you by the hand, lead us into the flow. Lead us into the flow. And Father, give us supernatural wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you. God, so that we can identify distractions, so that we can identify the things that aren't of you. Father, I thank you as we, as we are diligent to be disciplined and focused in the Spirit. Yeah. Father, I thank you that it becomes easier and easier and easier to discern what's from you and what's not. Father, we make a determination today. We're going to test the spirits. We're going to test the things that come up. We're going to take captive every thought, and we're going to submit it to the flow. We're going to submit it to the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth. We receive your help, and we submit to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, and today, if you feel led to sow, you're welcome to do so. Thanks for being on with us. If you, like I just said, if you want to, if you have leading to, then just seek God on how much, how. Let him be the one that leads and guides that. But know that your seed is not being wasted. You know, I, there have been times where I have gotten a bit jaded of, well, what's my seed doing? Your seed right now is sending our pastor down to Moorhead City where he can help carry the fire of God to change a city. You know, Pastor Zach and Danielle, they're believing for big things yeah. this week with Dr. Richard and Pastor Brian and Pastor Uncle have the honor of being there. Your seed is changing another city. Mm -hmm. Your seed just went to preach to the nations in the Philippines. Your seed day in, day out, preaches the gospel to yeah. all of the world. Your <coughs> seed is training up and empowering students that are coming into the Bible college and are being trained up as soul winners. Your seed is planting a church in Troy. Your seed is going to work and doing massive things in the kingdom of God. Your seed is producing yeah. here in this world. And that means a harvest will come back to you as well. We're not the only ones reaping off of this. No, we're actually the ones reaping smaller because we're the recipients of the seed. The sower is the one that gets abundantly blessed. Yeah. It's the sower that gets to reap a massive harvest. So we joyfully are thrilled to be ground that people can sow into because we know that seed is used to produce a harvest. Yeah. So we receive it not because we need it. God will send ravens to feed us and to take care of us. But we are a ministry that's excited for an opportunity for others to sow because we want to see everyone thriving, yeah. living in his glory, living in abundance in every area of life that's needed. Yeah. So as you sow today, no, we 
regularly pray over that seed that it would come back to you abundantly overflowing with his goodness. So yeah. as we pray, this isn't the only time we're going to pray over this. We're excited to call in your harvest. So thank you, Lord for partners with this ministry. Thank you for men and women who are hungry, hungry to sow, hungry to be obedient to you. Speak your voice clearly Thank right you. now in the name of Jesus. Show us exactly how much to sow, exactly where to sow it. And Lord, I thank you that we would not be sluggish about it. We would be quick yes. to obey, which means we will yield a quick harvest as well. So we thank you. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let this seed quickly multiply back into the hands of the sower. Let them have an overflow that they not only can sow from, but that they can eat off of as well. Lord, thank you that it's not going to be a decision of do I eat this week or do I sow? No, we don't have to compromise when it's God. We can have both. We can have the provision and we can have the obedience. Yeah. So we thank you for it now. <laughs> Big you. harvest spring forth now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.